if you have repented, so that you will not be caught in too much sorrow. Now, in chapter 6, it was addressing something new, something else that he has said that going to, which is people going to court of law, one against another, when they have some issues that they should have resolved, they should have resolved among the believers. Say, so why will you go to court of law, taking your Christian brother to court, suing them for whatever you guys are fighting over? The final solution is, he said, why don't you rather suffer wrong? Why don't you rather suffer yourself to be defrauded? Don't you remember what Christ said? Christ said, if they slap your worship on your house, that's the word of Allah Jesus Christ himself. Which means, believers should be men of peace, not going to sue somebody to court how much money you are, they won't defraud the other person. And I was pointing out in the last book that there are many things like that going on among believers in this country, where we have read it in the news, where some people that claim to have a business and they think they can get made believers in their church to trust them that they will help them do the invest their money for example and the believer thinks since he's a brother in christ he's going to be honest he's not going to shit up and they invest their money in this man and the man was just using their money to make his own his own living without investing nothing that is defrauding and by the time you are defrauding even believer you are defrauding god who is their father see you see but this man is also a believer they thought he was a believer there are, there are big places where a church put their money in a, in a, in a christian brother's uh, hand to invest it for them and the church have to be now trying to sue this brother because he, he, he was using the money just for himself not investing nothing and in the end that's what I suppose is addressing here because it was happening in the midst of the content. Brother come going against another brother in the court of law. He said, You should have resolved in the midst of the house of it. Why don't you let one of the sins decide it for you? See how much more you are defrauding your own self, defrauding your brother. God will allow those things to happen until finally when they are not repenting, just bring the judgment, deliver the person that is defrauding the other person into Satan. And that's why many people die young. I was pointing that one out in that summer. Many people die young of living their life out because they are not behaving right in the household of God. They are not following the precepts of the word of God. And then they are delivered unto Satan. God will not be protecting them. And Satan will be able to kill them. It's not God that killing people. When people die at the age of 35, accident 40, and diseases are killing them at the age God promised us long life. And the mean in the list, in the minimum, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. Is the work, is the promise of God for the, in the book of Psalm 91, verse 15. Long life is what it promises. Someone say long life is 70, but when you're already 70, you can you say you are ready to go? No. Until you are satisfied. If you are not satisfied at 40, 70, keep living. If you are not satisfied at 80, keep living. If you are not satisfied at 90, keep living. If you are not satisfied at 120, keep living. God said, until I satisfy you. People, when they are in their one training, they are no more enjoying the society's strength to them, they are old, the technology is strength to them, and they, are, they themselves are not strong enough to work out. They, that day, they still want to go. You see. That means they are satisfied with the world, with, the, with their living. But if you are not satisfied, you are still healthy, walking around, keep living. Because God created us to live forever, really, in the first place. That's what we have been preaching. So that's why we said any people dying young of accident, it's Satan that causes it. Any people dying young of uh, disease, Satan has causing it, all those things. God does not take us. It's Satan has doing it. But when we are delivered, we actually have to have authority. The Bible says we have authority over Satan. So if we have exercising our authority over Satan, then who is going to kill us? 
no money. You see? But people are not knowing their authority, number one, or they are letting the devil come back to dominate them. If you are walking in the ways of Satan, like this one, we say they are defrauding one another, defrauding the brethren of God. Because if two people are fighting over something, they have to go to court. Somebody is wrong, somebody is right. And if they are coming both of them claim to be believers in Christ, and one is wrong and is, is uh, defrauding the other person, then you are defrauding the son, the, son, the son of God. God is going to judge. So you better be careful. God is going to judge. And when God is ready, he's going to deliver that person to Satan. Satan just destroy the person at the young age. That's why some people die of accident. Some people die of fear and they, and they say they are believers. People go there and pray God and pray and cry and cry and try to get the brother back. Nothing happens. Look at first man because the man has been delivered to Satan. Because of his behavior, many people are doing it secretly. They nobody know that they were really doing all those simple behaviors. That's why sometimes when we pray and pray, it's not happening. Just give it up. Just give it up. Don't try to beat your head upon you as if God has failed. God does not fail. Something is the root cause. Many times people don't get to the root cause and you just wear that they think God took it away. I don't take the money away at the age of 35. No way. God didn't take the money away. The devil killed the man. It's the devil. But if we are believers in Christ, the devil has no authority over us. But if somebody has put himself in the hand, the, the hand of the, in the mouth of the devil and the Lord God has delivered the person to Satan, the devil will take the person away and then the man will be saved if he is born again. He will be saved and not go to hell. Because that's double punishment. If he die young and then go to hell, that's really that he's lost. But if he die young, that will be his punishment or not, and then he's go to paradise or rest. See? That means he was saved. And people will rejoice that he was saved if that happened. But the cause of the death is why I say it's not really God that caused the death. Most of the time, it is something like this, like the one in chapter 5, where he said, deliver that man to Satan. If the man was delivered to Satan, the man was killed by Satan. He would die at the age of 30-something, that young. He may go to paradise, but the dying young was punishment, which the Satan inflicted upon him. Because that is not how God wanted him to be. He said, we should have long life. That's what we are pointing out in this exhortation. So if we, like Apostle John said in, in First John, he said, the, the, he that is begotten of God, keep it himself. We have to keep ourselves from all those all defrauding so that the devil, the wicked one, touch us not. He has not to touch us. Then we have to keep ourselves from all these pollutions of the world, from all this defrauding one another, from all this un, uh, ungodliness. And the Lord will give us the grace to keep ourselves. It's our prayer. Okay, let's go on. We are really going, we are still going on in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that we are reading. And verse 9 said, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Because he's talking about this defrauding people. It's unrighteous. So be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. None of those people shall inherit the kingdom of God. The people that are defrauding one another, still defrauding the other person to, to make himself rich and steal from the other person, that's defrauding. The people that are taking money for, for to say, I'll help you invest it, but instead of investing, they are pocketing to make themselves go to Las Vegas, make themselves go buy, build their own property, and they are just making themselves rich on the expense of the other people who thought they are investing the money for them. Let's see, that's defrauding. Okay, those are what they are abusers of, of themselves among them. 
He said, but we have been saved, we have been born again. You should, nothing like that should be among believers. If you say you are a believer, you shouldn't have any of those sinful behavior in your life. That's what he said in verse 11. Said, and such were some of you, that is what, past tense, some of you before. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lovely unto me, but all things are not experienced. All things are lovely for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So remember, we have been washed. We shouldn't be in any of those offenses. Now it's going to talk about some like the meat for the belly and the belly for the meat for for meat. But God shall destroy both it and the meat, and then and the body. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God has both raised up the Lord, and we also raise up us by His own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Now he's talking now back to the physical body. Our body is the same as the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an allot? God forbid. So we're talking about allot. It's just talking about the general exhaustion right now. The defrauding that was taking place could be in anything. It could be in money. It could be in other items. But it's called defrauding in this chapter 6. But now he's talking about our body is to be to know that it's a member of God, it's a member of the temple of God, and your body should not be joined to an allot. Verse 16 says, What? Know you know that he which is joined to an allot is one body, for two series shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Verse 18 says, Flee fornication. Now he's still referring back to the fornicator of the first chapter 5. Because that could also be going on in another form, not just the man that is sleeping with his with his father's wife. Maybe there are others that are visiting allots. Because maybe he heard about that also that some people are even visiting allots. Not having their own wife or they are not satisfied with their wife. He said, when you join yourself to allot, you are joining yourself to, to you are becoming one with that allot in that sexual relationship. But you are expected to be one with Christ. So you can you take the body of Christ and join it to an hour? That's what he's talking about here. Verse 16. Know ye not that he which is joined to an allot is one body? For two seed it shall be one flesh. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So that is funny. Fornication is, is a global word for any sexual immorality. Whether it is in form of sleeping with another man's wife as adultery, some not used for that, or just going to visit Alos, which is also fornication. If you are not married, you are visiting Alos, that's fornication. Or you are just having boyfriend girlfriend, you are not married, you are just sleeping with that's fornication. Or the one that is doing everything that is called sexual immorality is called is generalized as fornication. The same thing with all those homosexuals, that's even worse because the Bible says that that's abomination before God. But this is a flee fornication, every sin. That a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Ghost is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Now people may say, Where well, is my body? Like people who are trying to justify abortion. They say, Well, it's their body, they are trying to, they can do anything they like with their body. Now, if you are a Christian, you are not. You have no justification for protecting and saying it's your body. It's not your body anymore. It's the body belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian. So the same way you cannot say it's my body. I can do whatever I like to it. No. 
If you are a believer, you have been bought with a price, and it's good to say that right now in the last verse. That your body is no more your own. Verse 19. He says, You are sinning against your body when you commit fornication. You are joining yourself to another, you are joining your body to somebody that is not that's not uh, yours. He said, you are, you are sinning against your body. He said, No, you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. You see what he said? You don't say, It's my body, I can do whatever I like, and they wanted to kill the baby in their womb and said they, are, they, they have the right to be because it's still their body. Which many governments of the world are almost legalizing for the for the women that want to do that. But that's abomination too also. You say, see your body because the baby is part of you right now. You can just kill the baby. But see, God is saying, you are no more your own. That body does not belong to you. It belongs to God. So you have to remember that. You say, you are, for, for, for ye are bought with a price. Christ has bought us. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So remember that when it comes to abortion, it's the same thing that's applicable here. That you are not permitted to say, it's my body, I can do anything that I have. In the law of land say that you have the body, the baby is born, is now a human entity, and the, the law protects that baby. You can't kill the baby, they say it's murder. No? So if you kill a baby that's already born, they say it's murder. But when the baby is in the womb, they are trying to, the women are trying to say, it's their body, they can do whatever they like to their body, if they want, they can commit abortion, it is still in the eyes of God. No more, if you are a Christian, it's no more your body. It belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. It belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you cannot just, just do anything you like to your body. You have to use that Bible verse to justify, to, to condemn what you want to do. How much more that that baby is actually a living thing. It's a living soul in your, in, that God is bringing a spirit to the world. So we have no justification for that. So that's uh, where we can also apply that. It's no more our body. It belongs to, it's the temple, our body, the temple of the living God. Now, verse chapter 7, let's go to chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians. Now, it's going to address something else here. Now, concerning the things we are of, ye wrote unto me. So, they actually wrote to Apostle Paul asking some questions. So, he's going to answer that one. Huh? But in, in, before he answered that chapter 7, he has already addressed two or three things of what the people that brought the letter told Apostle Paul what was going on among them. The division about Paul and Paulus, the fornicator that was going on, that was sleeping with his father's wife, and for the they should devour that man unto, unto Satan. The one that is defrauding one another, where they are going to court of law and sue one another in court, and for say, what was going on here? You don't even know that you Christ even says, when they slap you on one cheek, you turn the other also. Now you are not even turning the other cheek, you are defrauding one another among you, brethren. By the time you are the one defrauding the other brother that makes you to want to go to court of law, Something is wrong here. Why don't you suffer, suffer wrong? Why do you mean I should suffer wrong? Let that brother be defrauding me. Why don't you, if brother defrauding you, why don't you, why, why don't you, don't you know you are suffering, you are, you are defrauding the Son of God, the child of God? You are no more fearing God. God is going to judge. I'm just pointing out this that, that God will judge with delivering people unto Satan. That's why many people die young. And people will go there and pray and pray and say, Why, oh God, why is this happening among us? You don't know what secret thing the, the man that died has been doing that nobody knew. Just let, let it alone. But it's not God that's killing them, it's, it's Satan. That's what they are talking about. So, those are all the things he has addressed in chapter 1 to 6. Now, in chapter 7, he's going to talk about now what they wrote to him about. Now, concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. So, they must have been talking about husband and wife or marriage or something. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication. 
Let every man have his own wife. Let every woman have her own husband. So what is what was the question they write to him about? That's what he's addressing. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife has not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband has not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Now, what was the topic they were asking? Maybe they have been among them where families are having issues, husband and wife calling about how doesn't want me to have sex anymore. The woman said doesn't want to have sex, and the man wants, and they, that is making some of them go and visit a lot. That may be one of the reasons why they write the letter. I'm just reading between the lines because he has mentioned a lot in chapter six, no, so, which means those people must have that brought the letter must have complained about it, also that some of the men have been reported to have been sitting a lot. And then the letter they say he wrote about it about husband and wife and so on. So he was saying, give due benevolence to your husband. Give due blessing to your wife. Because maybe that was the reason why they were some of them are visiting a lot because they, they are not satisfied. The wife is not allowing them. So that's why he's addressing it right now in chapter 7. So just reading between the line that that may be the reason why he mentioned a lot in chapter 6 that you are not enjoying your body to a lot. But now he's talking to husband and wife that don't defraud yourself one another, except it be with consent. Why, why did he start by saying it is good for a man not to touch a woman? That is, if you are able to keep yourself perfect and straight and not really have anything to do with uh, sexual something, you'll be, you'll be more spiritual, you'll be more holy, you'll be keeping yourself chaste and pure. But to avoid fornication, which is the passion coming from the flesh, let every man have his own wife, every woman have her own husband. So there will be no need for any burning, burning, not looking at one another and burning because you have no wife, you have been trying to keep yourself chaste. So in the, you can't control it anymore. So that is what he's saying. Yeah, it's good to be to be celibate, but many people can't keep themselves celibate. Why? Why deceive yourself? Or, yeah, then have your own wife, have your own husband. That's what he's saying. Then when you are now married, now this fighting one another, I want to have sex, and this woman doesn't want it, and they are fighting and beating one another because of that. It goes on in the world. When I was growing up, there was a man that beat his wife almost to hospital. They have to take the woman to because. He won't allow the woman, she won't allow the husband to have sex anymore. Why? Oh, she's had enough children. And those are all the type of things that goes on among the unbelievers. They fought over these things. Sometimes they even kill one another because of those things. And Apostle Paul is saying, some before they are writing something like that, there might be something going on among the believers that need them to write. And Apostle Paul, what do you want us to do about this? There's a brother like this and, and his wife that we had, the, they have to be fighting on this type of issue. And so, so Apostle Paul is saying, well, it is good to be celibate, but say, to avoid fornication, why don't you have your own wife? If you should have your husband and you have your wife, make sure you don't defraud and all that. Except with consent, when you want to fast, then you say, well, for this weekend we're going to fast, so then you can keep yourself away and fast and pray. Then come together again, because if you are no more coming together, very soon Satan brings some loss again to the man, and some loss again to the woman, that the incontinence can make them go into all this unbelievable. So that's why it's verse 6. But I speak this by permission and not of command. He says, this is not a commandment that you must do this every time. No, it's permission. God allows us to do these things. It's what he's saying. It's not a command that, oh, you must sleep with your wife all the time. Your wife's done, you must do it. And people say, well, you have to do it two times a day then. 
Tout le temps, non, that's like a command. No, it's not a command, it's a permission. It's better to be celibate, to seek God more, to have time for God. They say, but God permits this to go on the husband and wife also. But he has ordained. He has ordained. Say, I speak this by permission, not commandment. For I would that all men were even as I myself. But he, Apostle Paul, we believe that he didn't have a wife. Does not mean that he was not married because he didn't call himself a, a virgin. He could have been married and separated because in the days of their war, the apostles, they were having divorce among them, among the Jews before he was a believer. So he classified himself as unmarried. That means he was once married, divorced, and living as a Pharisee before he was converted by Christ. But he kept himself to be unmarried. So he said, I wish, I would that all men were even as I myself. But every man has his proper gift of God. One after this manner, and another after that. That means if you don't have the gift to be able to keep yourself from from uh, lost after sex sexual relationship, then you, you can keep then then just go get married and have your own wife. So I say therefore to the unmarried and widows. So Apostle could have been a widow or or married. He said it is good. For them, if they abide, even as I, so you see now how he can classify himself that he's either unmarried, means he was once married and now divorced from his wife and was unmarried. Or he was once married, but now he, he was a widower, as they call men. If he has lost his wife, he decided not to marry again. So that was why he called himself. He, he said, I therefore say to the unmarried and widows. It is good for them if they abide, even as I, because he was also abiding unmarried or a widower. We do not know his, his situation, but he put himself in that category of people that were once married, but now they are single. But if they cannot contain, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to bond. That is, it is better to marry and have your own wife or you have your own husband than to be lost after every man or every woman that passes by if you are a man. Doesn't have to every woman that your eyes can't stand by because your body is calling for this thing, or the woman is lost after every male figure that passes by because her body is craving for a man to hug, to, to grab, to hug, to hug her. So that is why I say it's better to marry than to burn. And unto the married, that's going to address the married ones, verse 10. I command, yet not I, say now this is not just me commanding, say it's the Lord, but the Lord is commanding this. According to his word, let not the wife depart from her husband. Now that's a commandment rather than just a suggestion. Let not the wife depart from her husband. And he said, But, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. So he's putting that one. That's a, that's a command from God. You don't separate all this divorce thing. He said, if you separate, you have to remain unmarried. There's some people going and go and remarry somebody else, then you are violating the whole law of God. Then somebody say, well, maybe the, the woman or the man is not a, a believer. He's going to address that in another section here. But people are now using that, like abusing the word of God. God washes the earth. They say, well, the fellow is not a believer, that's why they, they separated. But they, that that could be an excuse they begin to use to to justify themselves to go and remind that he's not a believer and she's not a believer i thought she was she was just coming to our church she was not deceived then it could be a, that could be accusation you're just accusing the person after they have separated and say the fellow was not a believer and so they they use that to justify them to go and remarry but they say god judges that god knows that fellow is really a safe child of god and you are trying to go and you separate and you want to use 
a kissing and say that fellow is not a child of God. You're just a, a deceiver in the church. That's why you separated and you want to go and remarry. God sees the heart. <laughs> God is judging. So we are not dealing with a fool here. We are not dealing with see. We are dealing with God that sees all heart. So don't deceive yourself and try to use some some things to justify yourself. I remember everyone said she went and married two three wives and why? And you are born again. You know the word of God. Say, well, I don't want to be an elder. The Bible only says that you be single, you should marry single. That's the justification she trying to, he was trying to use. Or oh, this woman was so stubborn. You want to obey me, so I want to get the second one. That's another justification the Paul I want to use. All of those things are excuses. He said, but God is washing the heart. So that's why we are not dealing with men, we are dealing with God. So let's do this thing right, brother. Let's do this thing right, sister. Because God we are dealing with is I see it all. Even the one that men cannot see is see it all. You see the motives. You see the motives of the other. It's judging according to the motives. So Apostle Paul continues in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. But to the rest people, to the rest speaker, who are the rest? People that are not married at all, like bachelors. He's going to talk to them. He said, I speak not to the Lord. He's going to speak to the rest of the people. He has talked to the unmarried and widows. And then he has talked to the married ones that you know separate, unless they disconcile. And they should live with one another, do benevolence. He has talked, then he's talked to, he goes to talk to the young people, or they are just never married. And he's going to talk to them in this verse. He said, it's not God talking, now, it's me talking as, an, as a believer. If any brother has a wife, that believe it not now, he's going to talk about those who are married to the unbeliever. And she be pleased to dwell with him. Let him not put her away now. Why did he, why did he separate the unbeliever marriage from those? Why did the apostle separate those who are married from those who are just unequally yoked together? In their generation, many people are coming to Christ for the first afresh. Many of them were already married. And the husband believed, and the wife doesn't believe, or the wife is the one that got converted, the husband didn't believe. That's what he's going to address it. Should they separate? Or in the uh, yeah, some people have been talking about if they are married to a polygamous family, and I've heard that in many places. Oh, they want the woman to separate from the man. You are born again now, you are married to the third wife of this man, you shouldn't be married to that man. They want her to separate and go and look for somebody. Many of many churches are trying to promote that. Or the man that has three wives when he was just a Muslim and now came to Christ, trying to bring all our all wives to Christ. And they said, Well, you can't marry all of them. You have to marry the first one and let the other go. And that became a trouble for many hearts. I remember when I was still in Africa, a, a man that, that has married three, three wives when he was a Muslim became a believer. And the church was telling the group, or telling him, the group, the local group was telling the pastor, say, well, maybe he needs to get rid of this other first, the second, the second and the third wife, and just keep this one. And that was a grief to the man. He said, you can't be an elder if you are going to keep those two. Yeah, the Bible says you shouldn't be an elder, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be a believer. So the man came to me to, to ask questions, and I said, the Bible doesn't say you, you can decide not to be a believer or an elder, but you are a believer. If all your wives are following the Lord, keep them. You don't throw them away. And Apostle Paul is saying that if oh, the only way you keep yeah, any, any, any wife or husband can go away is the refuse to follow Christ. That's what he's saying. The so if any brother has a wife that believeth not, that she be pleased to dwell with him, 
I mean, she's not going anywhere. She loves you and she wants to stay. She doesn't want to believe. And she'll be pleased today if you let him not put her away. You still have to control where you suppose she still wants to be worshiping those idols. You can say, Well, I don't worship idols in my house. So, anyway, so that will become a bone of contention. Also. But she didn't want to believe this government. She still wants to stay married to you. They don't put her away. You can tell that she don't bring idols to the house and she may have to have to abide with that rule and so forth. I will continue this in the next chapter because it's a long chapter. God bless you.